You are now listening to If You Die Today, Could You Face Your Reality? Taught by Pastor Randall Crawford Sr. Please visit our website at BethelHouseOfTruth.org to listen to more messages like this one. Again, that is BethelHouseOfTruth.org. Enjoy today's message and God bless you. Good afternoon. I want to welcome you all to Bethel House of Truth this Sunday service. Praise be to Yahweh and Yahshua in the highest. Amen? Amen. All right. So we have here, we have a message that should tie right into your soul, to your spirit. It should cause you to think about some things, your reality in life. It really, really should. really should. So what I want you to do is I want you to um, listen to this message in honesty and in truth. And I want you to listen to this message in hopes for a better outcome in life. Because we can always get better, amen, at everything that we do. Always. There's never a place where we say, I'm good. Could always get better. Always go further. Amen? It's extremely important. So it's called, if you die today, can you face your reality? That's what the message is called. Okay? Can you face your reality? We're going to talk about, we've been talking about two bodies. We've been talking about some some things. We're going to get into that as well because we do have two bodies. Okay, Paul speaks of it clearly. I speak of it. The apostle spoke of it. Jesus spoke of it. We're going to get right into this. We're going to start in Matthew 19 for a quick hitter. Not too quick, but we're going to start in Matthew 19, verse 16. Matthew 19, 16. If you have a say, glory to God. Glory to God. And it reads, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, speaking to Jesus, What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. That's the truth. Amen. Even though Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. He's a humble Savior. He's a humble God. Amen. But if thou wilt enter into life, have eternal life, keep the commandments, he saith unto him, Which? Question. Jesus saith, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. All the beautiful commandments summed up in a couple of words from Jesus Christ, as, he, as only he could do, because he is the word of God. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet question? I've done everything. What, do, what am I lacking here, he's saying. Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, this word perfect is mature. If you are willing to go to the next level in me, in life, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. What a great invitation. What a promise from Jesus Christ, amen, to this young man. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, he's upset because, he's sad because, if you go a little deeper in the manuscripts, it talks about how this young man inherited everything from his daddy. Okay, everything. But his dad was a crook. Amen, his dad was a straight up crook. His dad wasn't... Everything his dad made, all his wealth, came from cheating other people. Okay? And that's a problem. And Jesus Christ said, you can't enter into heaven that way. Amen? You just can't. You got to be clean. You got to let it all go. I read that. 23. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man, I like to translate it, a rich person, that means man or woman, shall wholly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, being rich is not a sin. Being wealthy is not a sin, as you know, that we don't teach that. You know, if you got wealth, you hold on to it. Amen. If you're blessed of God, you hold on to it. We do teach, though, that if you're poor, it's not a sin to be poor, but it's a sin to stay poor. Amen. Especially when you have the knowledge of God. 
There's no way you can stay poor. It's impossible. Read it again, 23. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, verily is truly, that a rich man or a rich woman, a rich person, shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven because they're not ready to let everything go. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man or a rich woman to enter into the kingdom of God. Let's explain that. So, in Jerusalem, okay, East Gate, okay, the East Gate, that's the, one, that's the main gate that you come in, okay. At sunset, they lock it down. They close the gates and you only have like a, the eye of a needle, like a, um, a pointy needle. That's all you can do, okay. And it's not big enough. For all your packages and all your, your cargo to come in. So you have to unload the camel. You have to unload the horse. You have to unload every wagon. And bring everything in piece by piece. Everything. To get into Jerusalem after sunset. So I guess what. Well not I guess. I know for a fact what Jesus Christ is saying here is, is this. From the manuscripts is clear. He's saying that in order for you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Rich or poor. You must unload everything and then enter into the kingdom of heaven. If you have things hold that you're holding on to, you cannot enter into, into the kingdom of heaven. You won't even get in. It's just that simple. 25. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? Question. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. What does he mean by that? With men, this is impossible. Man can't. Man has a problem. Mankind has a problem. They're they're prideful. They're lustful. They they have a huge problem. But when you let go and you let God, okay. When you when you let go and you let God, Amen. God takes over, and all things are possible. Amen. Twenty-seven. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold. We have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? We forsooken all. We let everything go that we had. We left home. We left wife. We left children. And I'm following you across the world. I'm doing your will. What is our reward? And Jesus said unto them, Truly, verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye which have followed me and the regeneration, listen now, when the Son of Man shall sit in his throne. The regeneration is when Jesus Christ returns, okay? Watch this. Really I say unto you, that ye which followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Glory to God. What an honor. They're going to have thrones as well. It's a beautiful thing. Judging the twelve tribes of Israel. 29, watch this. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, brethren, sisters, father, mother, or wife, or children, or land, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. The very elect has never stopped working from the first earth age from the first earth age so that means word to the wise on that one let's go to Luke 12 it's extremely hard for a rich person to get into the kingdom of heaven because they don't want to let things go in order to follow Jesus Christ you must let things go you must start a new life and that's the truth Luke 12 13 Don't be this way. Luke 12, 13. If you have a say, glory to, God. glory to God. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Question. It's not what I'm here to do. I'm not here to say you get this and you get that. Basically what he's saying is do what's right. Amen. Do what's right. I shouldn't have to tell you that 50% is correct. Right or wrong. 
If you're splitting something, 50% is correct, right? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, meaning stay away from lust. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. It don't matter what you possess. That's not what makes or break you. What makes or break you is your relationship with God. That's the truth. Because if you have a good relationship with God, you're going to have favor. If you don't have a good relationship with God, you're not going to have favor. Everyone worries about their credit on earth. What about your credit with God? How's that? I guarantee you, if it's nothing, you're going to have a problem. A, a serious problem. Watch this. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. I have no room at all. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. This dude is blessed up the wazoo, right? He is blessed up the wazoo. But yet still, for some reason, for some reason, he does not, Want to share what he has Okay This dude's a problem Amen If God has blessed you And you claim to be somewhat of an authority Or even a Christian Or even a good person Good people share what they have Without question Without even griping about it Or being bitter about it Amen Bad people who complain And who gripe about it Or who do it anyway And still gripe about it And hold a grudge in their heart they got a problem, a serious problem. That's not of God. That's of the devil. That's of the devil. That's lust. That's lust. This dude's going to tear down his barns and build bigger ones instead of just giving some stuff away to the homeless or to people who need it. What a loser, right? It's people like that on earth who are losers on earth. Straight losers. And God doesn't like that. And you'll see this clear as day. This is what he says. Here's his pride. And I will say to my soul, soul, what a strange individual, right? And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. This is what he thinks in his heart. This is what human beings think in their heart. Okay. If they see someone who doesn't have as much as they have, they, they consider them to be a peasant. Or they consider them to be low, poor, trash, or whatever the case may be, right? Have you ever eaten with a homeless person? I have, several times, okay? Sat, ate with them, walked in a restaurant with them, fed them food. Oh, I didn't feed them, I, you know, gave them food. You know what I mean? They fed themselves. They have hands. They know how to use utensils. But, but you sat with them, and they were just looking like, why is this person sitting next to me? And he's not sitting next to you, he's sitting next to me. We're enjoying a lunch or a breakfast or a dinner or whatever. Leave them alone. This is how people think. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Time to go. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And let me tell you what God does. I, I know this for a fact because this is how it works out in life. Okay. If someone wicked and evil, and this happened to me in my life, me and my wife, first lady. So if someone wicked and evil <clears throat> had so much in abundance, right? And that wicked and evil person just dies unexpectedly, right? That wicked and evil person, his stuff is still here, right? Who's getting this stuff? I wonder who. I guarantee you it's going to go to someone that has favor with God. I guarantee you, because that's how God sets it up. We serve a great God. He takes care of his own. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself or herself and is not rich toward God. That's a problem. See, if we never take thought for our lives on how we should live toward Yahweh and Jesus Christ, but only think about how we can um, satisfy self, and grow self. 
What about your obedience to Yahweh and Jesus Christ? What about you're growing your robe and not yourself? Remember, your reality is after you pass. It's after you go. Can you face it? Can you face that reality? That's serious. We're going to get to the reality in a second at the bottom of this page. Let's go to Matthew 6. What happens? Matthew 6. Matthew 6. We stopped at 21. We're going to Matthew 6 now. Matthew 6, 25. Listen to Christ, okay? The world, the world has it twisted. Some Christians have it twisted. Some so-called Christians have it twisted. Got the priorities out of line. Here we go. Matthew 6, 25. If you have it, say glory to God. Glory to God. And it reads, Christ speaking, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what it is, what it was, what it will be. What you shall eat or what you shall drink. Nor yet for your body what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than remnant. That's clothing. The answer is yes. Absolutely. It is. So do you understand the true reality of everyone's life? It's not to floss or to be better than the next person or to keep up with anyone or to try to um, outdo someone. It's to serve Yahweh and Jesus Christ and to understand the reality of being in the flesh. That's exactly what life's about. Watch this. And if you understand that, like I think most of you do, Okay, then you would understand that God is telling you to to completely depend on Him, to completely depend on Him. When things get rough, depend on Him. When things are um not the way you want them to be, depend on Him. Depend on Him. Twenty six. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. They don't have a job. They have one function, and that's to do what God created them to do. Amen. Nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? The answer is yes, of course you are. Of course you are. Sometimes some people aren't better than the mule. 27. Which of you by taking thought, worry, that's the word thought here is worry, can add one cubit unto his stature? It doesn't make you grow. Worry kills you. Worry doesn't make you better. It makes you bitter. 28. And why take ye thought worry for raiment? What you're going to wear? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon was the fanciest king ever. The fanciest king ever. And he, Jesus Christ is saying not even a a field of lilies, not even Solomon being compared to a field of lilies can compare to his creation. It's a beautiful thing. He's saying, I will take care of you. I need you to depend on me though. It's important that you do. 30, Matthew 6, verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. People don't have faith sometimes, and it's really sad. It really is. This is, what I want you to know here is this. This is Christ rebuking fear, doubt, worry, okay, excuses, reasoning in your mind and in your flesh, showing us the reality of life. Okay? How we're supposed to serve him and depend on him and not self. And definitely not someone else. Watch this. 31. Therefore, take no thought, no worry, saying, what shall we eat? Don't worry about that. God got you. God got you. Or, what shall we drink? Don't worry about that. God got you. Amen? 
Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Don't worry about that. God got you. Or my clothes don't fit. Lose weight. Right? Am I right or wrong? Right? If my clothes don't fit, I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. Right? Now I got a whole bunch of clothes in the chest somewhere because they don't fit because I need to lose 20 pounds. Do I want to keep these clothes? No, I give them the good ones so someone else can have them. <laughs> but I got to drop some pounds. <laughs> it is what it is, right? I ain't ashamed to say it. I'm chubby, right? <laughs> See these cheeks? Here we go. <laughs> don't worry about it. God's saying don't worry about it. You're good. Don't, don't worry about anything. 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek the nations, the, he, the heathenistic nations, the people of the world, the people in the world. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. You ever seen someone who will go broke just so that they can have the, a nicer car than someone else? They will go, they cannot afford this car at all. But they will go broke so they can have a car. Who are you? You ever see someone who lives in the projects and you you own a um, Maybach? Why are you living in the projects owning a Maybach? Where are you parking that? Hmm? In your pretend garage? Really? Who are you? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is the mindset of human beings. The mindset. Watch this. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. This is what you do. Seek the kingdom of God. And if you do that, God ain't gonna care about what type of car you have. He ain't gonna care about where you live. He ain't gonna care about if you want to live in a mansion. He ain't gonna care about it. Just seek the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Make Yahweh and Christ your number one priority. Take therefore no thought. For the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Don't worry about tomorrow. Live for Christ today. Grow today in his name. Right now. Right now. Let that mindset go because you can't live that way. By saying, I know, Yahweh knows what you need in life to live and to live a good life. A life more abundantly in him. But don't focus on that. Okay? He's saying, me and my father, we provide. We provide all things you need. And if you're really good to me, all things you desire. Amen? He's saying, trust that we have your back. Just have faith. And focus on, the ki on kingdom building for your father, Yahweh. And stop trying to build your own kingdom. Because the truth is, you think this life in the flesh is your final reality. Not so. Most people think that. They think that the life in the flesh is the final reality. They believe that. Most people believe that um, when you're gone, you're waiting on the resurrection. You don't understand. You already resurrect. You will resurrect instantly and be with your father. And you can be like, I didn't know I was coming here. No, you didn't. No one told you. No one told you. But I'm trying to tell you before your life gets out of hand. Let's go to Acts 5. Acts 5. Watch this. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for grace. And I'll say before I read this chapter, you can't, don't be this way. Be honest with Yahweh, okay, and Christ, in love and in truth, not in greed of the flesh. Don't, don't be greedy when it comes to your father. Here we go. It's a beautiful chapter here. Acts 5, 1, if you have a say glory to God. 
Watch this. Now the church is just now being established. This is after Pentecost, after they received the Holy Spirit. They're working some things out. And right after this, Saul's about to start chasing them, which will later be changed to Paul. But we're not going that far. I'm just letting you know this is the beginning of the apostles' apostleship in church. That's what's going on here. But a certain man named Ananias with Sephira, his wife. Now, Ananias meaning, um, it's a beautiful thing. Sold a possession. They sold, they sold their house and they sold the land with their house. Now watch this. Ananias means whom grace is given. Sephira meaning beautiful. They both have beautiful names, but their principles are wrong. Even evil toward Yahweh and Jesus Christ. Are they ready to face their reality? After they both die due to their... Um, their lies and their lusts. That's the question. That's that's this whole message here. Are you ready to face your reality? Because you you don't want to change who you are inside. Watch this. And kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it, so they're in it together. Okay, they're in this together. They know exactly what they're doing. Saying we'll just keep. See, and the the manuscripts are clear. They sold their house. They sold uh, um, the land that came with their house because the land was worth more than the house. Okay? And when they did so, they said, okay, I didn't realize we were going to get back this much. They got back like double what they asked. And they told Peter, the head of the church, they said, Peter, we're going to give thus, 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 thus. Right? And Peter said, okay, that's cool. He said, are you, are you comfortable with giving that? This is actual conversation. And he said, they said, yes, we are. We just got to go take care of some stuff, get the deed and stuff like that, and we'll be good. <laughs> These dudes go talk it over in their wagon, whatever you want to call it, I don't know, the horse and carriage. Talk it over in their horse and carriage, and they say, I don't think we should give them that much. I don't think we should do this. I don't think we should do that. Now, we're going to find out that Satan put this in their heart to do so. Okay? But as a Christian, you have the power to overcome Satan, do you not? What's this? They won't know. What do you mean they won't? The Holy Spirit knows everything. What do you mean they won't know? That's a dangerous game to play. Here it is. Watch this. And kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Here you go. What does this remind you of? Genesis what? Genesis chapter 4, okay? Where Cain and Abel came to age at the same time because they were twins, okay? And Abel gave a perfect offering to God, his best. But Cain did not give his best. He said, here you go, God, take that. That's a problem. Watch this. But Peter said, Ananias... Why have Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land? Now, what, from my experience dealing with the Holy Spirit, people hate when the Holy Spirit knows. Okay? Ananias was like, what? Why do you know that? Dude, why are you about to go? <laughs> what the heck's wrong with you? Right? What is wrong with you? What's this? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own, Peter saying to you? Did you, I didn't ask you for it. You said you were going to do it out of your own heart. And after it was sold, was it not in thy own power? Yeah, it was, right or wrong. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Question. Thou have not lied to men, but to God. And that's a problem. That's a huge problem. There's a, when you lie to God, you have to face reality. You have to. It's going to come in, in one form or another. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the spirit. And great fear came on all of them that heard these things. You, you know why it was so grievous? Because God wanted to set an example. But the other thing is, they knew better. They knew better. They knew better. They knew the word. The history of this couple right here is, is very fascinating because 
They would follow Peter. They would follow the apostles. They would even listen to Jesus Christ teach before he died. So they, they knew, they knew the truth. But they had no discipline. They had no discipline. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after, because she was taking care of all of the work, the woman, like women do. They're taking care of all the work. I'm going to take care of the paperwork. I'm going to take care of all this, baby. You just go talk to Peter. She don't, she don't know that. And Ananias didn't get grace from God. <laughs> he didn't get no grace from God at this time. He's gone. He's he's wound up like a spider about to eat him. He's like a mummy right now. Here we go. And the young men arose. Wait, wait, wait. Let me see. Where am I? Uh, uh. Okay, seven. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. Question. He's giving her a chance here. He already know. And she said, Yea, for so much. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, thy feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the spirit. And the young men came, came in and found her dead and carried her and carried her forth, buried her by her husband, and great fear came upon all the church and upon <coughs> as many as heard these things. Now, again, I will say this again. Do not be that way, okay? They're supposed to be growing the church, the kingdom of Yahweh and Christ, but their greed, their lust, their selfishness crept in from Satan because he knows how to play on people. See, every time you hold back your 10% from growing the kingdom of Christ, you're fighting Yahweh and Jesus Christ. You don't want to be a God fighter, okay? What do you think your reality is going to be if you don't change and repent? It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. So you got to see, you got you, you got to be able to see this. When you hold back from Yahweh, you are being used by the devil, okay, to try and sabotage the kingdom kingdom building that should be. If you die today, are you ready to face your reality, okay, which waits for you on the other side of this flesh? Do you believe um, you're done when you die? You're not done. It's just the beginning. It is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. First Corinthians 15. We've been talking here about this body, these bodies here. One more place after this and then we're done. First Corinthians 15. Fifteen thirty-five. If you don't know now, you got two bodies, okay? You have a flesh body, you have a spiritual body. Your spiritual bodies will hold your soul, hold your soul, okay? Your spiritual body is a body that cannot rot, it cannot get sick, it cannot be hurt, okay? Unless God chooses to hurt it, okay? But the flesh person or someone besides God himself cannot hurt it at all. Okay, but your flesh is mortal, therefore meaning it's liable to die. It has um, properties that will cause it to get sick, to to catch disease, to not be healed. But it also has um, properties that God created it so that it can heal itself. Okay, and it's a it's a marvelous work of art that God created, but it's not the spirit. It's not the spirit at all. Thus, you have two bodies. Two bodies. One's greater than the other. And this flesh is going back to dust from which it came. 
So 1 Corinthians 15, 35. If you have it, say glory to, God. glory to God. And it reads, But some men and women will say, How are the dead raised up? Question. What happens? And with what body do they come? Thou fool. That which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. Meaning, in order for the true body of an apple tree to come forth, that seed, that little tiny seed must die and be corroded. Okay? Just like our flesh. In order for this wonderful body which is inside of us, that spiritual body, this flesh must die and be corroded. Amen? You got to understand that. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him. And to every seed his own body. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, take corn for for instance. The very corn that we eat is the seed. You pop that off, you put that in the ground, you're going to grow some corn. Amen? But as soon as that corn comes up, it has a stalk. And usually from one seed, you're going to get like three. So it's really a beautiful thing. The beauty of the reality of the body within the organic matter. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Here we go. 39. All flesh is not the same. All flesh is not the same. Flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men. Another flesh of beasts, another flesh of fish, another flesh of birds. Okay? Now, everything that I just named to you has a soul and it has a spirit. That's why dinosaurs from the first earth age are in heaven because they have a spirit and a soul. Anyone who ever passed away is in heaven, as, you, as we're going to learn in the next chapter that we go to, that there's two sides. To the place called heaven. Let's get into this. 40. There are also celestial bodies. Heavenly bodies. Your spiritual bodies. Celestial. And bodies terrestrial. Which is earthly bodies. But the glory of the celestial. Is one. And the glory of the terrestrial. Is another. Again. Flesh gets sick. It withers away. Um, black don't crack. But it can swell. Um, <laughs> melanin is beautiful, right? But it can swell, okay? Other people, okay? If they don't have that melanin, their their body begins to, when they get older, begins to, I ain't gonna say depreciate, but it begins to look different. So they have to do things to it. Do things to it. And the glory of the flesh is that God places so much, te not technology, but so much knowledge and wisdom in how to keep the skin and the body going well. It's a beautiful thing. It, it actually is. It really, really is. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star different from another star. In glory, not one star is the same. Just like a snowflake, not one snowflake is the same. Not one. I call a thousand snowflakes one night, okay? A thousand. I was I had nothing to do, right? I caught a thousand snowflakes one night. When I used to work at ESPN, I caught a thousand snowflakes one night, and I was just letting them fall. Bang, 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 bang. I said, "Look at this." Now, I mean, not one is the same. All of them are different, and it's absolutely amazing. God's creation. It's absolutely amazing. Forty-two. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, dishonor, flesh. It is raised in incorruption by the power of God. That incorruption is that spiritual body. Can't, can't die, can't wither, can't get sick. It is sown in dishonor, flesh. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, flesh. It is raised in power, spiritual body, by the power of God, by the Holy Spirit, our spiritual body. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. The natural body being the flesh. Okay? The one we currently walk in. The one that has all those wonderful senses on it. So when you touch something, you're like, hey, that's hot. It's cold. Okay? 
Your body has so many pressure points, okay? And then your body has so many um, sensors. The body in itself is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's, it's just amazing. The flesh is amazing. So imagine the spirit. Imagine how amazing the spirit is. The spiritual body. Watch this. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. That's what happens. The natural body is the flesh body. Okay? But it's not our first body. Okay? That's, I'm just segueing into the next verse. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body. And there is a spiritual body. That makes what? Two. Two bodies. Flesh and spirit. 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. Adam being the one from the Garden of Eden. Adam and his wife, Eve. The last Adam, being Jesus Christ, was made a quickening spirit. The life-giving spirit, because he is the life-giver. Amen? How be it, that was not the first which was spiritual in this earth age. Paul speaking of in this earth age. In this earth age, it was flesh. It was mortal. But that which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual. So let's break down what he's saying here. So in the in the first earth age where the dinosaurs were, okay, that's which we teach here, it was all spiritual. Okay? Dinosaurs were on earth. We were not on earth. We were allowed to come to earth. We were allowed to traverse up and down. Okay? If I read you Jeremiah chapter 4, you will see. Okay? But we were in our spiritual bodies constantly because we could not live with the dinosaurs because they would have ate us. Okay? So therefore, God placed us in our spiritual bodies billions of years ago. Billions of years ago. Your soul is old. It is extremely old. Okay? It's extremely old. And then, after the first earth age, after the catabo, after Satan Tyrus tried to take over in the first earth age, God destroyed all things. He destroyed all things. The dinosaurs, he destroyed them. And there's evidence of them being destroyed. Amen? You can't, you can't argue with history. You can't argue with science. Okay? And they go hand in hand with the word of God, if you know what you're doing. So when that was destroyed, God said, okay, now the dinosaurs are cleared out. Now I'm going to place every soul that I've ever created on this earth in the flesh. Every soul. And how do we get here? We go through the matrix of a woman. Okay? That it's, it's just a beautiful thing. It really is what God has created. It's beautiful. And women should be honored, okay, because of who they are. To carry such a portal from heaven to earth. Amen. It's an honor. It's an honor. How be it. That was not first which was spiritual. But that which is natural. And afterward that which is spiritual. Which we're going to. In the next earth age. The third one. We're in the second now. The first man. Adam. Is of the earth. Adam and Eve. Meaning. Adam the husband of Eve. Earthly. The second man. Is the Lord from heaven, Jesus Christ. As is the earthly, such are they also that are earthly, worldly. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly, spiritual. What, what do you think with? Hmm? Do you think with your spiritual mind? Or do you think with your flesh mind? Okay? Most people think with their flesh mind. If you try to be double-minded, that's what double-minded is. You can't think with both. You got to pick one. Okay? So it really depends on you. 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, fleshly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, celestial. Okay? Celestial body. And if, if I was to go to Genesis 1, 26 through 31, we would get into it, but I'm not today. You could do it on your own, though. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. So therefore, something must take place. Something must happen. 
if flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, if Christ is coming here at the seventh trump, coming into our dimension, something must happen because he's bringing the heavenly realm to the earth. No one's being raptured away. There's no rapture in the Bible. It's not even stated anywhere. God states that he's against it, though. He states that he's against it. I ain't going to get into it, but he states that he's against it. I don't cause no trouble, but he states that he's against it. But I am a disruptor, so I do like to cause a little bit of trouble. Just to make you think. Making friends and influencing people. 41. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. That's how fast it's going to happen at the last trump. This word last trump means furthest one out in the Greek. The seventh trump. There's seven trumps, seven seals, seven vials. The last trump is the seventh trump. That's when Jesus Christ returns. The true Christ anyway. He who comes first is a fake. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed into our spiritual bodies. Now, if I was to go to First Thessalonians, it explains it. Clearly explains it, but I don't got time to do that. So I'm going to just tell you, okay? I'm going to just tell you. In First Corinthians, it does not talk about a rapture. There's no such thing as a rapture. The word's not even in the Bible. If the word's not in the Bible, it's been placed there by Satan and man. Amen? Now, to deceive people. So what he's saying is that change that will take place when we are in our flesh bodies, we will be turned instantly into our spiritual bodies. Book of Zechariah. Instantly to our spiritual bodies. There's no confusion in that at all. And we will meet the Lord in the air. Okay? In the air, but translate that word air to pneuma in our spiritual bodies. In our spiritual bodies. And Jesus Christ is not going anywhere after that. He is here building a kingdom here. That's why it says, if I go back a verse, verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Meaning you must take off this flesh body. In order to enter into the kingdom which Christ is bringing back with him. Because flesh and blood cannot inherit that kingdom that he's bringing back. So therefore we must be changed. Glory to God. Watch this. Here's that change. For this corruptible, which is flesh, must put on incorruption. That spiritual body that I told you. And this mortal, which means liable to die, after you're changed from your flesh body, which is mortal, which is liable to die, you must put on a spiritual body, which, depending on your mindset and how you think your reality is, you may still be mortal, even in the spirit, liable to die. Amen? Amen. Must put on immortality, immortality, which is deathlessness, which is Athanasia. Amen? Amen? Watch this. So that that spiritual body that you that you resurrect in, you'll find that in um in your appendix one ten, immortality, one ten in your um companion Bible. Excuse me. That's where you will find that. One ten. Appendix one ten. That Athanasia, that deathlessness. Um 54. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption. So the corruptible is what? Say it. Flesh. It's flesh. It's liable to get sick. It's liable to die. And it's mortal. So when this corruptible have put on incorruption, which is the spiritual body that you will be changed to. Okay. Depending on your mindset, you could still be mortal, meaning liable to die. And this mortal shall have put on immortality. So therefore, you must change the way you think. You must change what you think your reality is. And you must think different. Amen. You can't be selfish. You can't be foolish. You can't be double-minded. Because if you're double-minded, self is prideful. Not willing to unload to get to the kingdom of God. You're going to be chained with a mortal mindset. A mortal mindset. 
and you're still liable to die. And people who are changed with a mortal mindset, guess what's going to happen to them? They will be sitting in the millennium and they will have to be taught for a thousand years. Watch this. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? There is none. If your mind's right, there is none. If your mind's right, O grave, where is thy victory? There is none. If your mind's right, if you understand your reality, the sting of death is sin. If you want to stay in it, it's going to lead you to sin. Um, Romans chapter 6. And the strength of sin is the law. The law lets us know what we're doing wrong. Amen. And it's supposed to goad you to change. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God's going to bless you. Don't be acting like you're not. He's going to bless you. Do what you're supposed to do. Hands down. Amen. Don't look the other way. Do what's right. Do what's right. So I was in, um yesterday I was in um Once Upon a Child. And, and I'm going to tell the story because I think it's a fitting story. I was in Once Upon a Child. That's a place where you go and you take the stuff that you don't want for children and um and you sell it to them. Okay. Now, I went with the intent, I had a double, a huge double stroller, and I had a car seat. Now, I went with the intent to just give it to them for free. And they said, you can't do that. We're not allowed to just take anything for free. You have to sell it to us. So, they sold it to me. I, I sold it to them for um, $98, okay, for everything. And there was a line of people in line. I was holding up the line, right? So, I said, um, everybody who's getting anything, put your stuff on the counter. Okay, I said, because everything that I made from the stroller and the car seat, I'm paying for all your stuff, right? So, people there in there boohoo and crying because this life is rough, life is hard when you're trying to. If you're in there and you're trying to shop for your child, that means you're going through something, that means you don't have enough, that means you're, you're probably in poverty. You understand what I'm saying to you? So, when they put all this, everyone like 10 people put all stuff on the counter. And it was paid for, okay? I got so many hugs and kisses, okay? I had to come home and wash my face, right? But, <laughs> but, but it is what it is, amen? That's what you're supposed to do because my reality is I don't need it. Someone else needs it, amen? And if someone else needs it, I could. You, why would you be selfish and not discern what someone else needs in the time of their need? Pretty bad, right? I would have been like that rich guy saying, let me just add this to my pile, right? No. Spread that around. Amen? Amen. Spread it around. That's what you do. That's what you do. Because I want my reality to be good. I want it to be real good. No one else, it's, it's no one else's reality but yours. Okay? So you have to, you have to mold it, you have to shape it, you have to let God have to let God. Let's close out in Luke 16. I will say this, okay, before I read this chapter, that um, we're going to start Luke 16, 19. Beautiful, beautiful babies, okay? Always go to the right-hand side, okay? And they are blessed of your father. And he is holding them. He is taking care of them. He is with them, Okay? He is nourishing them. And they are not babies anymore. They're grown-ups now. Okay? And they're, and, and they're waiting. And they're waiting. They're beautiful. Praise God. Luke 16, 19. To close out. Luke 16, 19. Luke 16, 19. We're going to get there. Um... Now, I will say this. Most churches don't. I'll say 98% of churches don't teach this. What I'm about to teach you here in this. So, Luke 16, 19, if you have it, say glory to God. Glory to God. And it reads in closing. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen 
and fared sumptuously every day. Lived a really good life. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. He was a homeless person, okay? But he, he had a good heart. He had a good heart. And because this rich man, when he wouldn't even give him the scraps. He thought this person was nothing to him, okay? Again, if you eat with a homeless person, it's an experience like you'll never have. It really is. You realize that they're, they're more than their situation. They really are. They really, really are. And you may even be entertaining an angel. Okay? Full of sores. And all he was asking for was the scraps. Was the scraps from the rich man's plate. Amen? That's it. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now, how many times do you think this rich person did this? Okay, Ignored the homeless. Ignored the less fortunate. Ignored um, the needy. Okay, the poor of the community and of the world. How many times do you think this rich man did this? It's pretty sad. It really is sad. And him and Lazarus died at the same time. Now, the name Lazarus um, has a lot to do with Eleazar, and it means the resurrection of the priesthood again. Glory to God. But we ain't going to get into that. Another subject of the time. But what I want you to understand is this, is that when this person died, and then... The rich man died. Lazarus died and the rich man died. Same time. So they're going to end up in heaven at the same time. The same time. Okay? It doesn't matter how long the funeral is or how long the the the, um, the cars are behind this person with the coffin and all the fanciness of it. It, doesn't, it does not matter. Instantly, the soul's with the Father. The spirit's with the Father. Okay? Watch this. And in hell, the rich man, he lifted up his eyes and being in torment and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. There you go. Now, watch this. I want you to understand something here. Verse 23, um, the word in hell. We know hell was not a place yet. Okay, Hell does not exist until the end of the millennium. That's when hell opens up. And it's not really called hell. It's called the lake of fire. Okay. This word hell here is grave. It means the grave for the flesh. Okay. So it's not what you think. Let's translate it properly. Okay? It's not hell like hell fire. It's just for the flesh. His flesh is there in the ground. Okay? It's going to rot. Means nothing. It's just flesh. Okay? Watch this. But for the soul and the spirit which are inside of each other, which are one, is a different place. Okay? For this person. This, um... Rich man who ain't rich no more. Okay? He's as poor as Lazarus. Okay? I want you to think, but he's as poor. He's poorer than Lazarus now. Okay? Because he's not rich anymore. Everything he has is gone. Left it to his raggedy brothers. Okay? Which he has five of them. Okay? And they are raggedy. They are worse than he is. Okay? He's in a, this place that he's in is Tartar Oh. Tartar oo in the Greek. Okay, and it's a holding place in heaven on the left hand side for wickedness, for wicked people who lie, who cheat, who are double minded, and who has a mortal spiritual body. Okay, a mortal spiritual body. Okay, it's for wicked people. On the left hand side. Okay. From 1 Corinthians 15. 35 to 53. Which we just talked about. This is that place on the left hand side. Of heaven. Okay. It's not a nice place. This is heaven. 24. And he cried and said. Now he can see. He can see Lazarus. And Abraham holding Lazarus. It's just right. Let me read it again. And in hell. Ta-ta-oh. Hell's for the grave. That's the grave, and that's for the flesh. 
And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, tartar-old, the translation, being in torments, we're going to get to that word, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now this word torment here is um, besamos in the Greek tongue. Besamos in the Greek tongue. And it means to feel grief, hurt, pain, burning. Not a flame. Not a flame. But burning due to your own actions of how you mistreated or how you were while you were here. Okay? That type of burning, right? You know how you, you know when you're wrong, right? And you're like, oh my God, why did I do that? Let's magnify that. Magnify that even more. It burns you inside. That's what he's saying here. Let's break this down even further. Because you got that burning, that pain due to your emotions because your reality at this moment ain't what you thought it would be. Okay? It's just not. Because you can see other people on the other side, on the right-hand side. Okay? And the person you mistreated is being loved by God and Christ and Abraham. And you're not. You're just there for holding until the millennium begins. You can see all types of people, but you can't go to them. You can even see your family. You can even see your family who has a better reality than you. So it, it burns bad. But not fire. Your reality. Your reality. God, God's a, a wonderful God. He is righteous. He doesn't make mistakes. So if someone's on the left hand side. Because they're supposed to be on the left hand side. That means they got to sit. In the millennium. 24. And he cried. This is that rich man crying to Abraham now. Because he sees him. Watch this. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame of burning, not burning of fire, but burning of emotions due to your reality. But Abraham said, Son, Ooh, I like that. Abraham said, son, you're done. No. Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things and some of them evil things from you. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. You see the reality? Hmm? You see the reality? Hmm? If you got hate in your heart for someone and if you don't fix that, it's going to carry over. It's going to carry over. You'll be tormented for that. But not a burning torment. A spiritual burning torment. Which is pretty bad. Watch this. Abraham speaks. And besides all this, between us and you, there was a great gulf. This is a medical term. And it, and it means there's, an there's, a, there's a sharp incision that a doctor makes when he opens up someone. Okay, there's a, a deep incision and it's like a valley almost and you can't cross it at all. So he's going to say to them, you cannot cross it. You're on this side with those raggedy people, those mofos. And, and then um, the other people who serve God are over here. Who love God is over here. Twenty six again. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fix, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. You can't get over here. So you could see your grandma, your aunt, your uncle. You could see your family, your friends, your cousins, your best friend, who you thought was right but ain't right. You could, you could see all that. And you're like, oh my God. Oh my God, that's a reality for your behind, ain't it? Because most people don't know what heaven's like, okay? They just, they just don't. 98% of people do not know what heaven's like. 
You got 2% out there who do, okay? And 1% one, 1 belongs to Philly, and the other percent belongs to Smyrna, okay? Making up two. And that's just the truth of the matter. It really is. Watch this, 27. The rich man to Abraham. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, father, that thou shouldest send him to my father's house. Now he's trying to look out for his people when he should have been looking out for Lazarus, right? And being an example so that your brothers and your own family don't be that way. Because all it takes is one to set the tone, right or wrong. All it takes is one to set the tone. Send Lazarus back. I don't think so. For I have five brethren. There's those raggedy, hairy people. That he may testify unto them. Lest they also come into this place of torment. He knows they're just as bad as he is. Could you send him to talk to them? Abraham saith unto him. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, nay. But if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. It takes someone to come to you from the dead all messed up. Oh, hello. I'm from Abraham. It takes that. All messed up and corroded and stuff. And that, that was in the likelihood of Halloween. There you go. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, Abraham speaks now, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one that rose from the dead. Your reality? Listen. If it takes someone who passed away to come and tell you to get right, you got a problem. You have a problem. But as we know, that's not how it works. Okay? The reality is, Yahweh, he's not allowing all that. He left us his holy truth. A love letter from him to us that guides us. Okay? And grows us in Jesus Christ's name. It's your decision to build Yahweh's kingdom or to build your own. But either way, the question remains, can you face your reality? It's truly what you make it. Let's build Yahweh's kingdom together. And let's grow together in his blessings and in his prosperity and in his wisdom. Remember to stay in the grace of God because that's where he wants you. God bless you all. I love you all. All glory and praise to the Father and the Son. I take credit for nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. Were you moved by today's message? Download it now via our website for a donation of $10. Help us sow a seed of truth around the world. Donate any amount today. Thank you and God bless you.